Oh, welcome to another edition of Something to Talk About. I'm just sitting out here on the deck of my yacht, and I'm uh, looking for my co-host. Uh, she's somewhere either on the beach or uh, or somewhere around, but uh, Vaughn will probably check in with us shortly. Uh, but uh, we've had an ongoing a funny conversation between us because uh, as I posted in my promo for, for the show this week, uh, while I was, I said one of us was here and one of us was sipping cocktails on the beach in Mexico, well, I guess you can guess who was here and who was there. Uh, and unfortunately, I think her mind is still there because she just texted me and said, well, go ahead and you can start the show uh, you know, and I'll uh, I'll join you as soon as I get there. Well, excuse me. So anyway, I thought, well, when she gets on the show, and she'll probably be doing it from her patio uh, and everything, I was going to make it look like I was sitting out on my yacht out on the in the harbor and enjoying myself. So uh, we'll we'll catch up with her. Uh, just saw a little bit of a. Of a drop in there, Ty Folly is uh, has has joined in and is listening. Thank you again, Ty, one of our most loyal listeners and uh, and a very dear friend. Uh, he and uh, he and I, um, well, we don't go back a long way. We go back a few years and all. But I'm a collector of Ty Folly's art, uh, and also I'm a I'm very much a collector of Ty Folly's knowledge of of art. Uh, we became good friends through uh, Park West Galleries, and uh, uh, he's a very avid collector. And we'll we'll continue that relationship uh, as we go forward. Uh, but I hope everyone is doing well. You know, we're still still. I you know, a week or two ago, Vaughn and I said, you know, maybe we should start talking a little bit less about the effects of this pandemic. Uh, because it looks like maybe it's starting to slow down. Uh, more of the restaurants were starting to open up, and uh, and and maybe we, we we see the light at the end of the tunnel. But some of those things opened up, and there were a lot of public gatherings. And the result of that is that there are more and more cases uh, of COVID being diagnosed, more people getting sick, and so some of the Restrictions that were eased going back a, a couple of weeks, now those are being rescinded or cut back. Some of the restaurants are going from 75% occupancy being cut back to 50% or maybe even less. Uh, some of them that had indoor and outdoor dining, they're limiting it to just the outdoor dining. The, the problem is there's no menu for, for what's going on. You have to be kind of proactive as to what's going on. Uh, seeing what stores have what restrictions. Some are limiting the number of people that can can go through the through the door. Uh, some like here in Home Depot, uh, there is one way in and a different way out of the store. They're trying to make it more of a one way journey through and and limiting the number of people in in the store at any one time. Uh, uh, I applaud some of those companies like uh, Costco. You cannot even walk in the front door of Costco if you're not wearing a mask. Um, I know that maybe some people are upset because they say, well, um, I don't really need to wear a mask. Well, you know, if you don't need to wear a mask for, for your sake, then please consider wearing a mask for my sake. 
uh, and for, for other people around you. Um, the biggest controversy also now that's on our table is what's going to happen a couple of months from now in the school systems. Um, the, the government wants all the schools to be open like, like they were last year in September and to open their doors, uh, business as usual, this September. Uh, is that a safe approach? Um, I, I'm not the one that makes those decisions, but personally, I'm not so sure that it is. But in many school districts, uh, they're leaving it up to the school administrators and in some cases up to the parents, which means some of the students will go back to the school classrooms and others will continue to be doing their learning from home. This has a whole, you know, uh, uh, set of, of issues in itself because some parents who definitely need to get out of the house and go back to work and I'll say, no, I need to get my kid back into the school so that I have the freedom to live my life and, and go to work and do the things I have to do. Uh, other people are, are saying, no, you know, I'm, I don't know whether I want my child to go back, even though the schools are going to be going that extra mile to make sure that, uh, that everything is clean and safe for the, for the kids. Uh, Part of it is going to be a decision uh, as to how safe the, the parents feel about selling the kids. And if they're going to keep them at home, now those kids need to continue to, to do their learning online. So lots of, lots of questions. We're still faced with lots of those questions. We're not really thrilled about having to deal with those questions. But I, 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 guess, we, I guess we will until we do find, find the solution. In the meantime... Hope that everything is going well for each and every one of you that are that are watching and listening. I thank you for being here uh, for something to talk about. And uh, if there's something that you want to talk about, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, and, and say so. Uh, just a, a pop in from Sherry Scamardo, uh, who said she loves the background. Yeah, I do too. The the wind is just blowing through my through my hair. I'm really in, enjoying being out here on the yacht today. Uh, Sherry Scamardo, beautiful lady who is in charge of the senior program at Collin College. Uh, and she has had her challenges uh, through the springtime with kind of a shortened season, uh, having to do our classes uh, virtually. Uh, I did a class in the summertime. Uh, by the way, for those that are not familiar, that are in the uh, in the uh, you know uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, Frisk uh, uh, Collin College has a program called SAIL, and that stands for Seniors Active in Learning, and it's open to seniors. They can sign up and take up to about seven classes, <coughs> excuse me, per semester, and all for a flat fee, and go to multiple campuses when the campuses are open. Uh, and take programs just to keep the, the brain salad going. And uh, it's a wonderful program. You can go to Collin College online and all and learn a little bit more about the continuing education programs and the sale program that they have. And Sherry Scamardo is the, uh, the head of that, that program. And uh, uh, she does great work in all, for all of the seniors in our area. For those that live outside the DFW area, contact your local community colleges. Find out what they have to offer in, in regard to continuing education for adults, uh, and if they also have programs that are targeted uh, specifically to the senior population. Uh, 
So, you know, these are these are. Oh, look who just popped in! My goodness, it's the monkey bud himself, my my illustrious producer, the owner of KVGI Radio, and a backwoods warrior. It says on his on his shirt. Yeah, so, company no longer in business, but uh, I like the shirt. I like the material. It's comfortable, <laughs> and it's got the best thing on the arm. You know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And since hey, you live, uh, so, since you live in the backwoods now, you're yeah. a backwoods warrior. <laughs> well, it's you can see back there. It's not snowing or anything, but it's kind of got that black and whitish look. Yeah. There. Um, but that's because the sun's not out and uh, it's been raining off and on. I was getting a comment about uh, Ty Folly. I know I don't like the guy. I, you I don't, don't like him? comments back back and forth. I, as an artist, I don't like him as an artist. Well, oh, wait a second. I don't know him as an artist. What I will say, what I do like about him is I heard that he's going to do an HBO special called Folly Roast. And um, he's going to be roasted. So there you go, Ty. <laughs> yeah, Ty, Ty has made some guest appearances uh, on KVGI Radio. Uh, and there's probably going to be another one scheduled down the road, especially probably. when we when we get Doug King and Ty Foley and myself in the same room or no. <laughs> on the same video. Uh, Mark has to sit there to make sure that the gain on the microphones doesn't go through the roof uh, and also that we don't crack the screens. This uh, is what I get from him. <laughs> a, a compliment for him doing an HBO Max, Supermax special, and he says, who are you again? Well, yeah. I'm somebody. You're nobody. <laughs> yeah, I like to, you know, see, Ty gets on and he thinks him and Doug have this relationship and they they like to argue and chant with each other. And, and it's like this perfect marriage made in hell, they say, right? <laughs> but uh, right. I, I thought I would just come on for a minute while Vaughn was getting ready and I chastised him for a second. I saw his comments and stuff and I was just like, you gave him all the praise about being an artist. And I was like, he's a better comedian than he is an artist. But that's what I know. Well, he, he and Doug both try every avenue available to try and, and dig into the show. <laughs> I'm already there. <laughs> uh, it looks like Vaughn came on. She yep. did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, sorry. Hello. Hi, guys. Sorry. Yeah, I was, I was literally stuck in traffic, literally. Oh yeah, right. I had an early morning appointment, and I was I had like I had it down to the like hour and um, the minute, and then I got stuck at a light that they were doing work on, and we sat there for probably almost ten minutes before we could get through that light. So oh. I'm here though. You're you're here, and you're sitting out on your patio, and I decided that since you just spent the last week uh, sunning and uh, and enjoying Mexico that that I would just uh, join you on the show from my yacht today uh, you know I'm, I'm just I'm just uh, uh, anchored here off the shore yeah, uh, I see that. and uh, and and just want to do tit for tat for you you know yeah, I like that backdrop that's cool <laughs> and then it looks like Mark's got snow behind him I don't know I, yeah we were just talking about that that is, that is kind of strange though. Is it snow? No, it's just like the sun's not out, and I've got really bright lights in here. Here, I'll tell you what. I'll turn the lights off. Let's see if it gets more colorful. See if it turns green out there. 
No, now it went away to completely. Now it's a blizzard. Now, now, yeah. <laughs> now it's a whiteout. <laughs> that, that, that is funny. But it's funny. It's it, it's almost like everything indoors is is in color and outdoors it's all in black and white. Yeah, that's so straight. It really does look like a pretty uh well. I do have the trim that's behind me is kind of, it's called carbonized. So it's a slate gray, gray walls and a very bright white. So it's odd, but I'm on my laptop camera. I don't have any of my stuff hardly set up here in my new studio. Um, and so I'm using a laptop camera and it's basic. Well, it just looks funny. It looks like we've got snow beach or wait, I'm pointing the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's uh, sunny, sunny and clear out here on the uh, on the water, and it's uh, snowing in Michigan. Well, it was beautiful in Mexico. That's all I have to say. Oh yeah, go ahead. Just just rub it in. Rub it in. It was very very nice. The weather was perfect. So that brings up my first question to you, Vaughn. Is you know over the last so many weeks we've been talking about about staying indoors and not going out into the public and uh, and social distancing and all and then and then you just jet off to Mexico for a week with with, with the family. What was the experience for you physically and mentally? to leave the house, go to the airport, interact with all these people, then go into a foreign country for a week. And I'll, were you apprehensive at all? Absolutely, absolutely. So this was Elizabeth's senior trip that had been planned for a long time. And there was a group of uh, her friends going, seven um, in total, seven of her you know, friends. And then their, their parents, or at least one of their parents. So it was a group of us that had had this plan for a long time. And, we really were just kind of sitting back and waiting to see if there were going to be any travel restrictions to and from Mexico, because that's where we had planned on going, Cabo. And we just kind of, for a while, just sat back and waited to see if this trip was even going to happen. And we thought that we would just, if, if in fact there was any reason to not go, um, if there were travel restrictions or if Mexico was recommending that we not come in and whatever, that we would postpone the trip. But none of that ever happened, which I was a little really? bit surprised that it didn't. There were never any restrictions on travel. In fact, we kept hearing about more and more people going. In fact, I just, I and we have friends actually that have a house there. They've been there almost a month in Cabo. Um, and they've had friends coming and going to their place over the past month or so, um, parents included, and I mean, meaning older parents included traveling to and from. So I guess I just, we all just kind of thought, well, we've not been given a red light. Um, the green light's still on, although it might be yellow light, maybe it's more yellow light. And we, we went knowing that we would travel, um, with the utmost, uh, you know, kind of, um, responsibility and uh, uh, mindfulness and um, follow the guidelines. And, and that's what we did. And yes, were we apprehensive? All of us were a little bit apprehensive. Um, but we called the property several times where we were going to be staying. We talked to them about their guidelines and, uh, you know, uh, how were they handling this? Like, what were they doing as a staff to make their guests feel comfortable and be safe? And so we talked to them almost every day um, before we even left for the trip. Of course, we all knew what the airlines were doing, how they were managing the the travel, you know. Um, 
so yes, it was it was it was a trip that was interesting because it was a little nerve wracking to get there. But once we were there on property, I'll be honest with you, we felt very we felt very comfortable, and we felt like this. Well, first of all, the property was only at about three hundred guests, and they can usually accommodate around twelve hundred to fourteen hundred. And so we never, ever felt like we were elbow to elbow with strangers and in the midst of uh, large groups. We really uh, were kind of on our own private little trip because we were just with our group wherever we were on property at any given time. The staff could not have been more, um, in my eyes, responsible. They, They were everywhere you walked on property somebody was cleaning handrails doorknobs um stepping aside letting you pass all the staff wore masks um again like i said because they had the capacity restriction they were not going to ever go above 50 percent. but while we were there they were only at about 30 percent. so you can imagine a big sprawling property um we just you, you knew that there were other people there. Obviously it was active and there was music playing and it was fun and all that. They, they created that kind of environment, but you never ever felt like you were just really cr- crowded and amongst strangers and in large groups. They had certain places closed on property. Like the bars were not open, meaning like the swim up bars places oh. that would generally attract groups of people to sit and congregate. They didn't have those places open. Instead, they had staff in the pool. Perhaps if you, you know, since you couldn't go to the swim up bar, they'd have staff come to you in the water. Would you like something? And they would get it for you. Um, so they really kept the properties. You know, they kind of kept things at, at in the evenings. They might have seven restaurants, but they might have only three open that night. Um, they had. They had the whole typical, like we have here, every other table, certain capacity in the restaurants. Again, all staff wearing masks and gloves if they were handling any kind. It was almost more, they were almost more in tune to the restrictions and the guidelines at this particular property. I can't speak for all the properties in Mexico. than they are at some of the places here in terms of just how careful they appeared to be, you know, doing, how careful they were kind of tending to the needs of their guests. Um, Everything was individually packaged down to a a pen. If you were to use a pen for some reason, sign something, it was in a little package, you had to open it. Um, Hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, If if somebody came up and took something, they would wash immediately, give you a, I, it was, while we were there, we felt about as comfortable as we could feel at, you know, any public place. And again, it wasn't crowded. My concern was that it was going to be crowded, but it, it wasn't at all. So that was coming. Do you think that maybe that, you know, I mean, obviously from the guest standpoint, uh, you know, with only 30% occupancy, uh, you guys had the run of the land there. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. Do you think that that because of COVID and all that, that was maybe the reason why they weren't at 50 or 75 percent occupancy or more? Well, I don't think they're going over 50 percent. I think they're key. I think they they them they as a 
property that, of the that's chain. Their restriction. Yeah, I believe they put a cap on it. But also, I think it's a combination of just them putting a cap on it, and then also probably people who um, are choosing not to travel right now. And um, now, one, you know, one day got a little bit over thirty. It was actually Fourth of July, and there was uh, some turnover on that day. People coming in, people so. It was a little bit higher, but then the next day it went down again with people leaving. And so, um, yeah, no, I think that um, that was probably a, a combination of, 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 you know, and to answer your question, yeah, we did feel like we were, you own our, the presence, our presence was known there because we had seven girls and they kind of traveled together around property. They'd sit by the pool or they'd sit, you know, and, um, so yeah, I mean now, and that was our experience. And oh, they didn't have the buffets open, of course. At some of these all-inclusive places, they have buffets. No buffets were open for obvious reasons. Um, instead, you had to, you know, dine, sit down, and dine in or dine out. And if you wanted to, it felt more comfortable dining outside. You had that option. Um, um, I was going to tell you, I was sitting at the table and overhearing a conversation next to me. And she was talking about a property where they had just come from or knew somebody there and they did have their buffets open, but they had wait staff escort them to the buffet. And I don't know exactly how they would do it, but then they would like talk them through and walk them through the buffet and I guess serve them in a particular way and then go back to their table. So most of these tourists, kind of big, you know, properties are really appear to be um, going to great lengths to make people feel safe and comfortable at their property. You know, the last thing they want, obviously, is something bad to go down at one of their properties and then they have to, you know, exactly. work through that. So, uh, yes, I, once we got there, I mean, getting Getting out the door on this end was a bit nerve wracking. We were all a little bit uneasy and unsure. Um, but the fact that there was there were never any travel restrictions going to and from Mexico kind of made us feel like, all right, I guess. And so, and I was, I was, I knew that it was going to be, that the property was going to be, you know, following the guidelines and the restrictions, but they went above and beyond what I even expected. I, I mean, the fact that everything was just, everything was individually packaged or, or the staff, just the way they were cleaning everywhere and the way they kept people kind of away and distant and the way they distanced themselves and the way they were washing their hands and where, so I, they, they actually exceeded my expectations. This particular property did. Do you feel that it was the same way? through the whole experience in other words when he got to dfw obviously there probably weren't a lot of people running around the airport at dfw but then when you got on the plane did you have that same feeling of comfort that they were cleaning they were taking care of it were you social distance on the plane or was the plane packed and then yeah. when you arrived at the mexican airport where did you also feel like they were stepping out of the box in order to keep things safe so um, that's a good question. And actually, I actually talked about this to a friend of mine, the, the part of the travel experience for me, that was, um, a little bit kind of, um, just 
a little eerie. I don't know if that's the word, but was was actually the plane, the flight. Um, you know, going through DFW at that hour, it, it typically would have been more crowded for sure. We, we noticed that it wasn't as obviously not nearly as crowded as it, as it would have been summertime with summertime travel. But it was but it was active. It was active. Now, there were very few restaurants open um, when we were at DFW the morning that we departed. And so what that time, what time did you leave? Well, our flight was at like uh, 7.30. No, no, uh, no, it wasn't. It was at 9.30, 930, 930. Okay. So we were there, we were so, there in the eights. Yeah. So the shops and restaurants were just opening. Those yeah, were but opening. normally, normally at 9.30, you've got more open and because people are traveling at all hours. So right. it, it doesn't matter if it's 9.30. Somebody could have just flown in from somewhere where they want dinner or lunch or whatever. So normally it's much more open and active. So the the closures i felt when i got to dfw that morning i felt the silence of the retail um and restaurants at at, at dfw um but there was uh, enough activity uh, at almost every gate there were there were groups of people traveling somewhere um being on the plane was a little bit odd for me because the flight attendants don't interact with you at all you get on the plane they hand you a bag of uh, a treat and a bottle of water, and um, um, that's it. You go and you sit down, and they're they're not going up and down the aisle asking if you need anything, or they don't serve food or drink or beverage or anything. So it's it's very they're limiting the interaction, uh, and of course everyone's wearing a mask on the plane, um, which is a little daunting to look back at a plane full of people. You know, with masks on, it's it just looked like a whole bunch of doctors going into surgery. Well, yeah, I mean, just yeah, and, it, and the flight attendant. So that was a little bit odd for me because was it a full flight. I mean, with the except, our flight was pretty full, with the exception of a few rows. Ellie Elizabeth had gone to Cabo a couple, a few weeks, or maybe a month ago now. Her flight only had about fifteen people on it, to and from. So I think it just depends on maybe the flight, the time of day you're going and where you're going and whatnot. But our flight was uh, pretty full with the exception of a few rows here and there. Um, but we sat together as our family and didn't sit by anybody else. Everybody had their masks on. Again, we very little interaction. The flight attendants came up and down just to take trash. But other than that, they didn't interact. They would come over the intercom occasionally and check in. And uh, But... There's, there's not, I mean, everybody just sits down and when you get on the plane, it, it smells, all I can say is it smells like a swimming pool. So it smells very clean. I, it must be some spray <laughs> or something that they do. I don't, it smells uh, like hand sanitizer. It, it really does. And then, and then, and then of course, everybody's wiping their area. We wipe our area with Clorox and then our hands. And, um, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we couldn't have, we, we, we traveled, but it seemed to me that most people, traveling around me were traveling with great respect um, and responsibility to, to themselves and to others around them. Uh, people would step away. They were, you were not crowded in a line. Um, obviously, you had to get on the plane, so you're in a line there. But people kind of kept their distance, and uh, everybody had their masks on. And like I said, you got on the plane, and you could see people wiping down and hand sanitizing and put the air on. So... And then in Mexico, actually, on that end, they didn't even have you 
uh, come, you walked, you parked, you parked the plane. What did you do? You park a plane? I don't know. You landed the plane and then you park, do you park it? I don't know. We parked the plane. Yeah, what do you do? Do you park a plane? You park or, a plane. Or, Mark, or, Mark, do you park a plane? You, you, <laughs> okay. You do park, park a plane and then you okay. deboard. <laughs> okay. So we parked the plane and then we deboarded and then we actually walked from the little one way runway, not the runway, but like they came on and then we the gangway. I guess so. Yeah. And then we walked to the door. And again, I'm assuming that's to keep us from clustering in the jetway. I don't know, but we were out and open the door as soon as possible. And then of course, um, in Mexico, they took your uh, temperature uh, right when you got there and they took your temperature before you left as well. Uh, you also had to fill out a health form, uh, answering all kinds of questions. Uh, where have you been over the past 14 days or whatever? And um, and they're all, they're all like, they almost, the people who were taking your temperature were dressed like in medical gear. So they were, so, you know, my fear, my, one of my fears traveling was that I got there and I had a fever <laughs> and then what do you do with me? Put me on yeah. a plane, put me back. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was going to say, did you see any instances of anybody yeah. getting off of the plane and, and getting their temperature and then being diverted over no. to TSA or something? No, no. <clears throat> so for the most part, you know, we we were talking earlier about the, the the comfort level of going places where you are wearing a mask, but there are other people that you know are exercising their their you know right to to not wear the mask. Did you encounter any any areas where people were were not wearing masks, or pretty no. much everybody was was following the? The, the, the rules. I'll be, I'm going to tell you a funny story. And I really don't know if this man just borrowed this t-shirt or what, I don't know, but we were in the airport coming back home and everybody has a mask on. I mean, everyone has a mask on. And even when you get into the airport, I went into a gift shop to get a bottle of water and a little bag of chips for the flight home. And before I even entered that gift shop, she stood there with her little tray of stuff and she squirted my hands. I had to wash my hands and she took my temperature. Really? Before before I could even go into the gift shop. And they stood there well, and they only let a certain number of people in. And when they left through a diff, you know, different way, then they would let somebody else in. So again, I was, it, the travel experience exceeded my expectations in terms of people around me showing um, that they were being mindful and responsible and respectful of the whole travel experience. That was my observation. Um, but there was one man in the airport on that end who was sitting, oh, and you had to sit, they had certain, There, by the way, there are stickers everywhere. I feel like I'm playing, I'm in a big giant game of Twister. I mean, there are just stickers <laughs> everywhere. Stand here, social here, go be here, go here, respect people. And like, you feel like you're just jumping from one circle to another because you're just trying <laughs> to make sure you're not too close to people. But, <laughs> but um, even on the chairs and the seats in the airport, there are big stickers, you know, saying, and, and, professionally made stickers you just uh skip this seat or don't sit here and then you know an open one and then the sticker again all over so nobody was sitting unless your family you can you can sit next to each other but this one man sitting in one of the seats his whole family had a mask on he had a couple daughters and his wife and then he was not wearing a mask and he was this big burly beefy guy who had fbi and some other smaller words below it on his big gray t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like thinking, okay, is he really FBI? If he is, why is he not wearing a mask? Or is he, did he just 
you know, just like acquire that t-shirt from someone somewhere down the road. I don't know. But he was one person who I saw that day not wearing a mask. And maybe he just had it off for a few minutes while he, I don't know, ate. I don't know. But other than that, everybody I saw had a mask on um, and, you know, followed those. We wore our mask all the way until we walked into the airport on that end until we got walked out of the airport at DFW. And it was fine. I thought it was going to be a little bit more uncomfortable, but I wear a lighter mask. And so that helps. I know that, that there are those masks that have the filters in them, which right. tend to be a little heavier and thicker. I, I didn't wear one like that. So maybe if you wear one like that, you might be a little, feel a little more claustrophobic. And our flight was only a couple hours. And so it wasn't like we were, you know, on a flight for five hours. So uh, the, the experience overall was better than I thought it was going to be. Yes, it was nerve-wracking to make the decision, and should we go? And then we just kind of kept watching. And then Abbott came out with his new ruling and all that or whatever. And still there were no restrictions. And I, I, I know people who just left yesterday for Mexico. So in, I guess until – and I guess Mexico right now is um, – because I actually – we had an appointment today – and they asked about traveling outside the country. And I said, we'd been to Mexico. And they said, that's not one that we're, that's not a red, a red zone. I don't know, whatever they said. That's not, because I was honest. I said, I'd been to Mexico. And they were like, well, that's not on our, that's not our, I don't, they, they said something like, that's not one that we're restricting against or whatever. I don't know. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the fact that you were going to a, a resort, an all-inclusive re resort area. In other words, it was almost like a, a, a city within a city. Uh, you, yeah. you, you weren't just out wandering the streets of Mexico. Oh, gosh, uh, no. That is heroes. a point I need to make, quite clear. Absolutely. We don't leave property. When, okay. By the way, under normal circumstances, when we travel to, to, to Mexico, um, we stay on property uh, because you don't really have to go anywhere. They've got restaurants and shopping and bars and, and fun things for the kids, whatever, and big beaches and pools and not just one pool, but five pools. And so it is like a city within a city. Um, especially during these times, our uh, plan was to get to property. We took a private van. We didn't get on big public transportation. So we were just with our people traveling from the airport to the um uh to the property and we stayed on property the whole time we did not get on a bus go into town do shopping go to we we stayed on property so that's a uh, very good that's a very good question and i would like to think that most people would probably especially right now if they're going there should should do the same thing um you know you just don't know where cabs have been and you know you just don't know it just increases your risk a little bit more so so yeah, we stayed on property. Um, this was a hard rock, actually, property, and um, I, 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 um, I commend their efforts. So were there were that when you got there were there some restrictions on property? You mentioned it was hard rock. The first thing that comes to mind is is live entertainment. Was that was that curtailed at all, or or uh, you know uh, uh, adjusted? Uh, if you will, were there some activities that they normally would have that they that they had closed down because of of safety issues? It didn't appear so. Like, well, well, excuse me, they did, but they didn't really close. So they had 
Uh, one time I saw an indoor an indoor uh, kind of um, a show, and it was a, a band with a couple singers and dancers, and they were on stage. And it was kind of weird, Stuart, because they're up there with guitars, and they're singing, and they're kind of moving around and entertaining, wearing masks. Oh, so really? It, I can't even wow. imagine being up there under the, you know, and then, and then the people who were watching the show, the audience, they had set up pre-designated places where you could sit, which were all spread so separated, out. Separated, yeah. And then the other entertainment was mostly done outdoors, uh, again, wearing masks, uh, all the performers entertainers uh and they were wearing masks and they were performing outdoors and an open breeze open you know area and people were standing around watching but most most everybody that was sitting around or standing around or walking around were with their groups and spaced out as pretty much pretty well I, and if we were inside because again remember the property wasn't very full so it was very right, right. it was easy to do that at one point, Phil and I were sitting by the pool. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, we knew that we were only about 300 people on this property. We were trying to envision it at 1,200 to 1,400. It would have been packed. And I think on, had it been like that, I would have felt very uncomfortable. Um, but because I felt like, what, you know, whether, I mean, I'm sure that they would have liked to have been at 50%. The right. Because right. I mean, you know, they've lost a lot of money during these more months. income, sure, sure. But but they were when we asked, they said we're only at about thirty right now. Um, but they said that it has really picked up, and more and more people are maybe just feeling comfortable traveling, or maybe it's just the time of year. I don't know. And I, but I just don't know how long they'll be able to sustain. Obviously, the business because you know every day is a different day with uh, new 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 numbers and and all that. So. But it was very nice that some of these um, employees were able to get back to work. And you could see how genuinely appreciative they were just to be back working again and um, a, a bit of normalcy, I think, you know, back to their lives or whatever and money in their pockets. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, it was. And then we, we traveled back home on Wednesday. I told you we got home late Wednesday night and we were pretty tired. Um, but um, and and you know and we'll lay low now. You know we'll lay low. I'm not. You know. Um, well, the next decisions uh, that you I'm, have. I'm going to do. You know the next next decisions you have to start working on now is while you were gone gone there were lots of decisions being made regarding uh, the the schools opening up uh, on time. Uh, you know were they going to open up completely? Were they going to give the the cities, uh, uh, you know, the, the the government would like all schools open, you know, just as usual. Uh, a lot of the school systems are trying to decide, you know, giving the parents the choice whether they want to send the kids to school or keep them virtually uh, on online. Uh, you've got two going back to college uh, now, and uh, they're they're going to be going down to Waco. Have have you gotten any information from Baylor? Uh, as to whether the campus is going to be fully opened or what kind of restrictions are going to be uh, on campus? I mean, every, I, I feel like our, our president has been so very communicative, um, which has been, which has been very uh, appreciated, but she, but 
it seems like every week it's something new and different in terms of the developments and the, the plan moving forward. But right now, Baylor, yes, is opening uh, for fall. Obviously, um, all the kids are going back. I've heard that um, uh, kids, I, I don't quote me on this, but maybe kids from certain countries, there might be some restrictions there. But for the general student population, they're, they're, they're going back as as normal, well, as normal. Um, they're gonna, whatever, whatever that is. Whatever that's going to be. Um, yeah. I know that there'll be some some modifications um, made to kind of like the dorm life uh, living. Um, specifically, I don't know what, but I know that there'll be some modifications there in, in terms of just trying to keep them as safe and healthy as possible. Um, in right. terms of classes, uh, Elizabeth got her schedule, as did Emily. Although Emily's a senior, so her schedule is a little bit different. But Elizabeth, being a freshman, they have created a schedule where they're just trying to spread out the kids as much as they can. So, for example, Elizabeth's schedule, she's got 15 hours. Some of her classes will be online only. And, and really, I think she only has one online only class, which happens to be chapel. At Baylor, you have to take a chapel and a religion. So I believe that's her only one online class. Her other classes will be combined hybrid or in or classroom. And the okay. classroom experience is obviously the traditional classroom where you go and you you go into your classroom and you are instructed in by a, you know your instructor, your professor. Yes. The hybrid is um, where say you have 20 kids in a class. 10 of them will take that class online. Uh, that say it's a Wednesday class on Wednesday. And the other half will go into the classroom, and then the following Wednesday, they'll switch. switch. And the the group that was in the classroom will now be online for that lesson, and the class that had been online will now be in the classroom for that lesson. So that's what they're calling a hybrid class. So Elizabeth's got a combination of hybrid classes, classroom, probably just based on the number, uh, they can do that. You know, if there are only... 10 kids signed up for a certain class, they can do the in-classroom experience. And then the online only, which right now she only has one. Yeah. Also, Baylor is looking to hire more educators, open up more class, like more uh, more of a particular class. Um, and so just trying to really spread out this, trying to spread out the student population much they as much as they can. And um, and I'm sure that as we move forward, that plan will be massaged <laughs> along the way and according to the new state guidelines and what's going on with the virus and all of that. But um, Baylor is definitely being very good about keeping us informed every step of the way. Um, there's been talk even now, and I again, do not quote me. Um, but a football being in the spring rather than in fall, which oh, really, which would be interesting. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And so, but I can't speak to those details at all. Yeah, um, they'll, they'll compete with the uh, baseball season. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so. And, it, well, it and you've been, you've different. been, you haven't been back long enough to find out what's going on at the, at the elementary uh, school level, uh, because you do student teaching and all, and find out what some of those guidelines and restrictions are going to be 
you know, once you get back into the to the uh, local school system too. But there's a lot of lot of talk there again about uh, you know whose choice is it going to be as to where the where the kids are going to go. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I've, I've I've heard that there are some parents that are just not ready to send their kids back, whatever age they might be, whatever grade they might be in, but that they might consider homeschooling. Um, which I don't know that everybody is qualified to homeschool or even uh, equipped to homeschool or has the time to homeschool. Well, I, and how, how much a part of that homeschooling is the, is the, are, is the schools going to, to take on in order to right. provide that information for the students to be homeschooled? Uh, right. And, and, and the, the hard part is we're already in the middle of July and a lot of the schools are getting ready to open in the middle of August. We're, we're four weeks away and they're still trying to juggle exactly what we're going to do and watching, watching the number of new cases on a daily basis to see what decisions have to be made. Right. Got to be a tough decision to put all of our school administrators in right now. I'm sure that they are all like just need any in these meetings, just trying to hash out some kind of plan that makes the majority of parents and students going back to school. Um, and I'm talking just like 12th grade and under, you know, just right, the public right. school here, make them feel safe and comfortable. And they might need to, they might find themselves needing to hire more teachers as well to open up additional classrooms to lower the uh, student teacher uh, kind of ratio. And because right. um, I know that, yes, I do substitute teach and uh, some of the classrooms can be 26, 27 kids. And that's just too many right now. So they're going to need to maybe come up with some kind of plan where um, and I know I know budgetary, uh, you know, constraints will keep them from hiring, you know, many, many new teachers or whatever. But right. Uh, right. I would think that that would have to be a main focus is to really just try to keep these kids in small groups. Um, well, if the option is for some of the parents is that it is up to them as to whether they want their children to be in person in the schools or at home. Uh, if let's, let's say, you know, the scenario you gave earlier that there's 26 students in the classroom, that if half of them are in the classroom, that'll make it easier for the in class experience and the others that are going to be doing it virtually that at least gives a little bit of breathing room uh, for the teachers that are physically in the in the school with the students uh, but you know again they're not gonna they're not gonna know until day one as to how many of the students are going to be in the classroom and how many of them are still going to be at home well they're gonna I think they're gonna need to get that information as Post soon as possible. they gotta do it quickly during registration or whatever yeah. the you know just but um, also cafeterias would be a concern. I, just yeah. and maybe maybe these kids don't eat in the cafeteria for a an undeter, you know for an indefinite period of time. Yeah, maybe I think they, they were talking about that too. That that all lunches will be brown bag lunches from home for, for the time being. Yes, I could see that because uh, then you're not putting a um, hundred some odd kids in a cafeteria at the same time going through the line and and right. so they right now. Then you're up against the kids who are on a meal plan and uh, who who rely on those school lunches. Yeah. So there's a there's there's so much of this that needs to and, and again, like I said, I can speak only uh, to Frisco ISD. I I would uh, I I firmly believe that right now they're trying to put together a plan that's going to make our district, the shareholders of our district, feel very safe and comfortable moving forward 
Right. Um, and, and if a family so chooses to homeschool, I think that's fine. Just, um, you know, just make sure that you're uh, in a position to be able to give your child still a, a good. The, the best education possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll spend the next week kind of uh, looking at what's what's happening, and we'll meet here again next Friday and 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 go over that, and then pick some other things to talk about too. But uh, uh, in the meantime, glad glad you're back uh, in the old USA, and uh, back. I'm gonna have fun on your sailboat. Yeah, I'm gonna sit back and order. Another, yeah, I'll I'll take another one, please. Yes. Right, 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 and then we'll, we'll head back into the harbor. And uh, for those that have tuned in, thanks for, for being with us. And uh, we'll catch you right here again next week at the same time. Uh, go out, make it a good day. Stay safe. Stay stay you know healthy. And wear, wear your masks. Okay? Take care. Talk to you later, Vaughn. That's right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye.